sawdust and shavings for rent here. Power lines through all the summer woods, my dear. But I'm hoping, and that hope is linked to your tears. Let love be your only teacher. And hey, everyone! Welcome to a new episode of Misaligned. This week, we will be discussing a blog post from Frank Turner. And something that's not necessarily music related, but it is about, wow, it is about a weather reporter's dress that she was forced to cover up on KTLA News. She is the weather lady, obviously. I don't really know what you call them other than weather reporters. And she has had a few mishaps before, but We'll get to that a little bit later, and then we will, of course, close out with recommendations as usual. But Caitlin has some news first, so we will let her get to that. Caitlin, go ahead. I do. I am so heartbroken to say this will be my last episode on Misaligned. Um, I have come to the realization recently that I am spending a lot of time on the internet and very involved and becoming very emotionally charged by a lot of things going on on the internet and pop culture and in the world and all of that. I mean, it's great. It's very important to care and to be involved. But at this point, I need to take a step back from all things internet, um, at least for the time being. Um, I don't know. There's just something has changed um, as far as how involved I want to be in our current music scene and all of that. Um, so I feel that taking a step back is going to be helpful. Um, I have a lot of other things I've got to focus on right now. I'm going to start um, applying for grad school, which means I have to take the GRE, which means I have to completely relearn how to do math. So I'm going to try to start focusing on that on the weekends a little bit more and just try to, you know, not wake up in the morning and get on Twitter and not get on Twitter before I go to bed and, you know, be on Facebook and reading articles. And I just need to personally take a step back and refocus my time. So that is one of the harder decisions that comes with that is leaving the podcast because it's been awesome. This is our 31st episode, which I can't believe it's even been that many. Um, we started, I guess, almost exactly a year ago. I'm not sure exactly what day our first day was, but it's been definitely almost a year. <laughs> um, I think I only missed like three or four total. It's not bad. Of course, Deanna's been holding it down since day one, but um, I'm definitely, you know, I'm going to miss it. Maybe a, maybe a little guest appearance here and there wouldn't hurt, but uh, I definitely want to say thank you to everyone who has listened and who has, you know, tweeted us and supported us and given us any feedback because, I mean, obviously we've started this as a way to really talk about the things that we feel that matter, especially when it comes to women. And I feel like we've done a really good job of covering a lot of different topics, whether it was music related or sports or whatever. Um, so I'm very proud to have been a part of all of this and I will miss it for sure. So. Yes. And we are, of course, sad to see you go. I know, you know, Ashley left before our kind of Christmas break we had there and yep. now with you gone, I will be the only original person on here, <laughs> but we do plan to keep it going. A few things may change here and there, depending on what we do as far as 
a third host and that sort of thing. So we will definitely have announcements on that stuff, either the next episode or the following episode. That is not an interview episode, of course, which speaking of, I will be interviewing Jason Tate tomorrow. So that will be an interview Woo-hoo! episode to look out for after this airs. Yay. See, it'll kind of be like uh, the live with Kelly and Michael debacle, but without <laughs> all the drama and just with a slew of guest hosts, I guess. Definitely. But right now we're going to go ahead and move on to our discussion for the week. Like I mentioned, Frank Turner put out a blog post titled Safe Gigs for Women. Basically, it had come to his attention that some of the women fans at his show were being harassed by men they didn't know or, you know, didn't care to get to know. And he basically said, don't come to my shows if you're going to be that person and just be a human, basically. The blog post wasn't very long, so we'll definitely be linking to that for you guys to go check out but I think it's really great that he took the time to type this up and for actually listening to the complaints that the fans had at one or multiple of his shows and you know sometimes telling fans not to come to your shows is a big risk but he feels it's the right thing to do and I agree I'm sure we all agree that that's the right thing to do you don't want people basically being discouraged to go to your shows because of how a select few fans choose to act. Instead, it's much easier to just, you know, either report those fans and have them thrown out or to just tell them to not show up at all, which obviously you can't force someone to not show up to a concert. But I think it definitely sends a very positive message of the kind of, you know, shows he wants to have it definitely makes them feel unwelcome and if i mean everyone knows what it's like to walk into a room and be not welcome there Mm -hmm. i think and i think being able to post about that and really make it known that you are not welcome at least would be a start of a deterrent for those kinds of people but again i don't know you know it's like how many of those five or six guys who were causing the problem are going to see this or are going to read it. You just never know. So I'm glad he wrote it too. Um, I think it definitely kind of rings back to uh, the Jeff Rosenstock issue that happened in Austin about a year ago. Um, he, uh, He found out about some harassment was happening a couple, I think the day after his show, and um, basically went on a, you know, tirade in the best way possible on Twitter and on Instagram, telling these people to never come to his show again. And it was the same kind of reaction, actually almost the identical reaction that Frank is having here in this this uh, post, which it kind of, it makes me, I don't know if smirk is the right word, but it's like, these guys are finally getting it like these artists are starting to understand how absolutely enraging and infuriating this is like for me at this point i'm like unfazed you know nothing surprises me anymore it does not shock me to hear about any of this which is awful um but i think it's like okay you guys are finally fucking getting it we've been dealing with this for years and years and years 
And yes, please continue saying things. Please keep putting in the work and putting in the effort of making people aware of this. Because, um, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know how many people read Frank Turner's blog, um, but I definitely I have seen it retweeted and things like that. So I'm hoping that it will continue to get out there. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, when musicians listen, the outcome can honestly be something so spectacular. I really like that he's joining the ranks of artists like Jeff Rosenstock and Chumped in talking about this. And I like that he wants to open a conversation about respecting people. Like, come on. It is 2016. We should be respecting people at shows. And I don't think that telling his fans to uh, fuck off and never go to any of his shows again is really the best way to put it. But it's blunt. It gets to the point, And it shows that he is fed up with how people are treating others. And he's using it as a secondary reminder just in case people don't understand how to be a compassionate human being. Which just still blows my mind that there are still just people like that out there today. I've said this so many times that like I feel like I'm becoming a broken record, but shows should be safe places. So everybody, no matter how they identify, should feel safe and respected in those safe spaces. People come together at shows. It's just you never know who's going to be there. And they're held in public places, like pretty much even house shows, public place if people are gathering. Why people have no decency in public places, I don't know. And it's still something that infuriates me. If you guys could see a picture of this right now, I basically look like a cartoon character with all the little um, characters coming out of their mouth. It's like swearing and just, <laughs> just representing <laughs> anger. That's how I feel, honestly. Um, but I do like that in his blog post that he linked to two groups that he feels are making just huge positive changes in the UK scene, at least. Uh, yeah. He mentioned Girls Against and Safe Gigs for Women. And I know that in the United States, groups like Safer Scene are trying to help raise awareness and make shows safer for everyone, which is great. Yeah, I was, uh, I was glad to see those two because I love all the different, I mean, yeah, Safer Scene, uh, Punk Out, all those places. I love getting to see all the work that people are doing here. And I always kind of forget, like, oh, yeah, like other places exist where this is still a problem. Um, so I was really glad to see him link to those two things. Um, mm -hmm. I was very interested in the girls against, so I'm going to do a little bit more research, um, as far as that goes. But, you know, like you said, like feeling like a broken record, I feel the same way. And it's kind of one of those things that worries me, um, and that I'm glad that artists are speaking out about because I've, you know, you don't want to start to feel... Like, it's annoying. Like, people are like, oh, my God, I'm so tired of hearing about this. I'm so tired of hearing about this. Like, whatever. Right. That's, you know, that's concerning. So I'm hoping that by having artists continue to speak out, like, people who want to do right and who want to be allies to women or anyone will continue to see, like, oh, if the artist cares about this still, so should I. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, even if it's a little short post like Frank did, that it will still continue to matter that it won't become the broken record thing, that people will still be like, this is happening and we have to do something to stop it. Even though we're tired of hearing about it, that, sh you know, that should be why we need to do something about it because we're tired of hearing about it. Yeah, and the thing I really liked, you mentioned he kept it short, so he basically got straight to the point and he even, you know, gave solutions to these things. He was literally, literally like, go get a bouncer, 
come bring it to my attention, find one of my band members or, you know, just basically do anything to get someone's attention Yeah, and have that person thrown out, which, you know, obviously a bouncer can easily throw someone out of a show. But when you have the band members upset at you and don't want you at the show, then you really know you've screwed up, basically. So I think that's going to set a very good example for how artists should handle these things now obviously frank turner should not go grab someone and toss him out of the venue that's what you know security's for but he he still has the more power i suppose to do something about it mm-hmm. yep 100 percent agree although i do have to admit that would kind of be a funny thing to see just him stopping his show in the middle of the set and just throwing some awful person out i'm trying to think if i've ever seen that <laughs> I don't know. I know it's happened. Like, I know last year... Like, I would love to see a frontman, like, jump down into a crowd and just punch the shit out of someone. Yeah. Yeah, I've only seen frontmen stop the show and yell at people from the stage. I saw that happen at Warped, where I think one of the mosh pits, someone was getting a little too crazy, and he literally just, like, stopped the show mid-song and was like, you need to calm down. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. I see that a lot. There was one... (laughs) One of my favorite ones was at, um anti-flag oh <laughs> and it was chris chris dose like flipped a shit at this austin show and it was like this really like aggressive bro like he was like oh man like that guy just pushed my lady like that kind of thing it was like why are you even here like who are you and he got so pissed and it was awesome it's always awesome everybody always cheers and is like super supportive so that's why it's like if people are being aggressive in a mosh pit and people respond that way, like, why would it not be any different? Mm-hmm. So, like, even know. last year when I saw Jeff Rosenstock, he made a point to say, hey, yeah. I'm not going to tolerate this. And I think the show I saw was just a little after the Austin show. Yeah. And he, when he came back to Austin, he mentioned it again mm-hmm. recently. And I know that during that set, um, there was a guy actually targeting young girls in the crowd and was, I guess, being a little aggressive. And I know for a fact that he got thrown out. And this was in a small venue to begin awesome. with. So that was, it was something. Yeah. There's always little little bits of hope and light that shine through. <laughs> not all people are horrible, horrible creatures. They're not. And it's a great little reminder because sometimes you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think definitely more often than not, you won't run into problems at a show, but it's times like this when, you know, it's good that someone's pointing it out and saying it's unacceptable. Well, it's kind of that reminder that, like, just because it's not happening to you doesn't right. mean it's not happening to somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of idea of, like, make sure you're looking out for everybody. I don't, but then at the same time, you know, like anytime something like that happens or I get, you know, angry with someone or I have to get semi-aggressive with somebody or like it ruins the whole show. Right. And it sucks. Like, I don't know, but it's at the same time, like you would hope that somebody would do the same for you. Like stand up for anyone if you ever want to be stood up for kind of thing. So, and I mean, that's something I have to remind myself of, like make sure that you're looking out for other, other people, whether they're male or female I don't know. Yeah. And having having Frank remind people, that's great. And I wish I wish more artists would post about that because I know that Same. you know, I see complaints online and you don't ever hear anything from the band. I think people are getting better about it. Um I know a couple of months ago Pup addressed it at least on Twitter, they had an incident. Um so but I'm always, you know, I know it's hard, but 
that doesn't, that's not an excuse. <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of things are fucking hard, but we have to, we have to make an effort. Yeah. And our next topic, Caitlin, I know you brought this to our attention. So why don't you go ahead yeah. and explain the situation? So, and this is, uh, like we said earlier, it's not, definitely not uh, music related at all. Right. But it's, uh, it's definitely woman, woman shaming at its finest. Uh, basically, uh, KTLA, which is a Los Angeles news station, has this weather lady, uh, weather girl, weather lady, whatever, meteorologist. How about that? Meteorologist. There we go. Um, who is has been with the station for years and has definitely um, had a few incidences happen before. There was one a while back um, where she wore a dress that kind of like blended in with the green screen and like caused some chaos or whatever. Um, but this weekend she was giving a newscast and she was wearing a cute little like black dress that had like some little fringe on it. It was, it looked like something you maybe like go salsa dancing in. It was not short and it was not revealing. It was spaghetti straps. And while she was on the air, one of the producers handed her a sweater, like live on the air. It was like, put this on. She was like, what's, what's happening? He's like, we've gotten a lot of emails. And, like, made her put on this sweater, this, like, gross baggy sweater, like, on screen. Um, and she was, later, they kind of continued and tried to, like, make up for their faux pas. But there was no apology or anything like that. Um, and it kind of it blew up on my Twitter feed. Um, Devin Maloney was retweeting a lot of stuff. She's Dynamo Fire on Twitter. And, um, I don't know, it was kind of one of those things that... I'm, I can see hearing about and like, as Megan said in our notes, small town USA. Yeah. Uh, but she's <laughs> in LA. Like, I don't know. There's like, a difference. Who could have been watching, who could have been watching this LA news and be like, oh, that black dress is so offensive. Like, it's not, she's not like super chesty. Like her boobs aren't hanging out. She's not showing a ton of leg. Like she's precious. She's super cute. She's adorable. I just like the fact that they chose to do this on air and in such a way, like we're getting a lot of emails, like fuck Ugh. you guys, like stop <laughs> yeah. policing what women are putting on their bodies. It was a fucking dress. It's like, have you guys seen weather reports in Mexico? Like, come on. Like, gosh. And I don't know. It's just like the whole thing is just so enraging to me. And it's such like a small little segment but God, it pisses me off. And it's kind of that idea that, you know, one, like, harmless comment, like an internet comment or, or an email or a tweet or whatever can lead to something so ridiculous like this. The, you know, an on-air of someone handing them a sweater. And if you haven't seen it, we can, uh, I'll link to a video of it. But it's, uh, I don't know. I've never seen anything like it before. And she handled it really well. Um, she almost kind of looked like she was going to cry and uh, But I did hear that she apologized afterwards, um, which was disappointing to me that she apologized for something she chose to wear that was not offensive. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's not, I don't know, it's not like a huge deal, but it's in somewhere like L.A. that sets a really big precedent. Yeah, and you mentioned it's such a small segment because, you know, 
how long is the weather segment really on any new show? It's like, what, maybe a few minutes at most. They're like, hey, it's going to be sunny. It's L.A. What else were you expecting? (laughs) Yeah. How much time did these people have to, like, send an email? And they immediately were like, oh, gosh, we got four emails in the first minute of this cast. We better put a sweater on her. Like, come on. Yeah. And then they probably just kept her on air longer because they were handing her this sweater without any explanation. They did. It was so awkward. Just let her do her job. And then afterwards if you got complaints let her know and be like hey apparently some viewers found issue with this but don't make a huge stink about it on air like that's just wasting everyone's time and you know cutting into other segments and whatnot it's like it wasn't an inappropriate or offensive dress by any means so i don't know what these people were emailing about but it's like you you can just fix it for the next time it's a weird situation like Okay, I'll be honest here. When I got the message in our group text this morning, I was half asleep, so I uh, didn't fully read the article, and I saw that Caitlin brought up the weather lady dress thing, and in that sleepy state, I thought that- (laughs) I didn't know how else to refer to it. Yeah, like, I said, oh, this story warms my heart, barely thinking. I thought that she was referencing the story that went viral about a $23 dress from Amazon that appeared in a Facebook group for female meteorologists that looks great on everyone and is extremely affordable. And when I say it looks great (laughs) on everyone, I mean it. There were pictures all over the place. And I believe one of the forecasters for NBC Washington has the dress. And just each time I see her wearing it on air, I'm just like, that is a great dress. Maybe I should invest in a dress like that. But I digress. Um, It can be noted that Liberty Chan, the meteorologist, is no stranger to the KTLA airwaves, and she has had some wardrobe mishaps. I get it. It happens. Trying to work in an outfit that's both professional and comfortable is a little hard, especially in a broadcast setting. And then on top of that, trying to find outfits that look nice, are comfortable, professional, and don't blend in with a green screen, that's hard. Um, I've worked with green screens before. They're very tricky. If you have the slightest shade of green, your whole stomach can turn green or turn into what is being put on the graphic screen. And in that case, she joked about it and, you know, she laughed it off because these things happen. But this case was definitely a little different. Being told to cover up in the middle of a segment is just ridiculous. Do not stop a newscast just to say there's curmudgeons everywhere telling us that your dress is inappropriate. I mean, it was a nice dress. It was a beaded black dress, which probably was better suited to cocktail hour instead of a news forecast, yes. But it wasn't revealing. She looked great in it. She even said that it was a backup dress that she had, and she had borrowed it from someone. Obviously, it wasn't the dress that she intended to wear on the for- or on the uh, newscast, but things happen. And in a later forecast, she had a different dress on that was way more conservative and much less beaded and actually kind of plain. If she did this in, say, the middle of, like, South Central Pennsylvania, where I'm from, I could see a huge uproar being had about this because conservative values, conservative town. No one wants to see a woman doing the news in what could be considered a cocktail dress. And I think actually most of the forecasters in that area are all men, so they don't exactly have this problem. But anyway, yeah, there's that. As Caitlin said, 
women forecasters in Mexico and other Latin American countries and even down in Brazil. They tend to do the news in barely anything. It's that shock value. And actually, I'm still mad that one of my friends said, oh, you should have become a forecaster because you could have done the news in barely anything. I wanted to punch him for saying that. But it's it's the culture. Um, it wasn't inappropriate. And she's been with the station for over 13 years. She has seniority. That's what's super irritating to me. Like, she has a producer and a boss that she has yeah. trusted for that yeah. long. And they totally let her down. And I think, honestly, if this was during the day, which I believe it was... Um, I could understand why complaints were coming in, because say it's the morning news. Parents are watching it with their kids, especially if it's on a weekend. That is the only thing I could see being complained about. Um, if she had worn that doing, say, the 11 o'clock news, I don't think that there would have been as much of an uproar. It's It's just dumb. It's really coming from a broadcasting perspective. It's hard to actually find an outfit that looks great, that you're comfortable in, that won't get snarked upon. It's really you know, that's rough. not something men have to worry about. They don't yeah, they they have, put on they a put on a jacket, they put on a tie. It's trying to cover up for the camera and on top of that, actually finding an outfit that works to hide the mic the best. I mean, you don't want to see someone with a cord hanging off of them. It's it's a lot tougher than it looks and i applaud women broadcasters everywhere for what they do they have to go through this on a daily basis i mean like anchorman I, style yeah and i'll admit i've snarked on <laughs> outfits that women in broadcasting have worn uh sometimes they're i mean too i tight. talk shit and about people regularly <laughs> yeah but it's just something that i think in human nature is just ingrained in us that we just kind of subconsciously do this as well but to shame a woman on live television for an outfit, that is the dumbest, dumbest thing I have ever just read about in my life. And I hate it so much. And she even said that it made her feel like a librarian. That poor woman. Which it, is kind of shitty because librarians are cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, librarians are Because it's like saying the same thing, like, I look like a teacher. Okay, I'm a teacher and I look awesome every day, so... I didn't yeah. like her comment on that. <laughs> I mean, from a fashion standpoint, I got some awesome sweater, cardigans. <laughs> cardigans are great. And I mean, I joke when oh, I no, wear nice I professional like outfits, I say, yeah. I look like a Republican's wife. Like, that's how I feel that's when good. I try to dress like that. But the sweater <laughs> that they gave her, I don't think went well with that dress. Like, that was just a casual sweater. Oh, hell cardigan, no. It's like a baggy gray crap. Yeah. A, a tailored cardigan would have been a much nicer choice. And again, there's no shame in talking about these things, and it's something we all do. But we shouldn't actually comment on what people wear and be mean about it. Like, No, it's like I, like I said, I talk shit about people a lot. It's kind of what I do. It's not a great <laughs> quality, but it happens. Um, but I would never, like, it's, it would be the same thing of being like, man, that girl's jeans are ugly, and, like, walking up to her and being like, here's some other jeans you can put on. 
Yes, I mean. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and honestly, though, that's kind of what happens in schools. Like, if you think about dress codes, like, I, I, hate dress codes. I don't dress code my students because dress I don't agree with horrible. them. Uh, but there's some teachers who are very, you know, persistent about it. And, you know, sometimes, like, leggings are very in right now. So we've got mm-hmm. girls who are wearing, you know, like the $5 H&M leggings where you can see their underpants or lack thereof. That I get. But, then, I mean, it's literally like, hey – we don't like what you're wearing. We're going to literally give you something else to wear that's disgusting. It's exactly. exactly the same way that kids are treated with dress codes. So and it's kind it's of so uh, maybe a continuation of that. Yeah, dress codes are so unfair to begin with. Like, if you're tall and lanky, you have to be relegated yeah. to long skirts or Bermuda shorts. Um, I'm a short person. Yep. I just never wore shorts but... as a kid. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a short person, but I have obnoxiously long arms so one time in the seventh grade i wore a skirt that was to my fingertips and very appropriate for school and my teacher took one look at me and said your skirt is too short you shouldn't wear that to school ever again i'm not going to send you to the principal because you probably don't have anything to change into but just don't wear it again and if you do i will make you change and it was yeah it was awkward and it was a cute skirt from delia's too like I think she was just jealous oh, of how great I look, but <laughs> <laughs> but dress codes oh, are yeah, it's uh, it sucks. It's like to it, bring it, it really back, sucks it's... being a teacher and being expected to do that. Yeah, but like to bring it and back, I, and I refuse to. Was this woman being so distracting that people were focusing more on her appearance than the actual weather? Like. Yeah, and that's their problem. (laughs) And that goes right back to the whole dress code thing. Yes, it's something that's been policed for years and years and years through the generations. And it's sucky. It's really, really sucky. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to throw in a little segment here before we get to recommendations. May has been filled with tons of great releases so far and there's even more still coming up so i just wanted to run through a few of them and see kind of what we're all looking forward to for the next couple weeks or so so this past friday obviously modern baseball's holy ghost came out which will be one of my recommendations later so we'll get into that more then but chance the rapper also dropped a mixtape, coloring book, nothing, release Tired of Tomorrow. Those are two things that I am looking forward to listening to because I have not done so yet. I haven't even listened to Drake's album yet, so I have some work to do. You know what? My brother said that was good. My brother doesn't listen to rap very often. For him to listen, (laughs) that's a sign. Yeah. And then May 20th, so this Friday, Thin Lips will be releasing Riff Hard. This is a great band that I highly suggest you guys check out once the release is out this week. We have a new Sayosin album coming as well and Tiny Moving Parts Celebrate, which I am most looking forward to this week. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you on that. Same. <laughs> so we are all in agreement on Tiny Moving Parts. That's a yes. plus, guys. Great those, dudes. those my homies. Those are every time they're in town, they come sleep at my house. So I love those dudes. <laughs> all. Um, actually, I think the sales and album might be streaming on Pandora premieres. Yes, I might have seen a tweet is. about that. I saw that as well. 
So we all have some so listening well, to do. I'm going to go ahead and throw in um, Astronautilus came out with a new album, because if oh, I haven't yes. mentioned him every episode, that would be a total failure. <laughs> <laughs> Astronautilus's new album is out on Side One Dummy, all my homies all in one place, and it's wonderful. Which, also, if we're on Side One Dummy, Pup is uh, uh, coming out this month also. Can't wait! Oh, wait, no, June. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Can't like. help it. I've been so bad at actually keeping track of what's been coming out this year, which is really rare for me. Um, like, I am in agreement with Deanna. New Modern Baseball is awesome. Yes. Um, the new Radiohead album is also really good, for those of you who are into Radiohead. I know that later this year, Thrice's new album, To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere, is coming out. And I am just so excited about that. Like, just I've conversed with my friends about it, and we're all just super stoked. Um, Band of Horses is going to be releasing Why Are You Okay, I think, in June? I want to say it's June. And I've heard several songs from that, and I really like it. I literally just opened up the Wikipedia page for albums, because that's how bad <laughs> I've been. I was, uh, I was Mitski... honestly about to do that, too. Yeah, let's see. Oh, in June, Mitski's Puberty 2 is coming out. That should be a good one. I love that Mitski's been blowing up. Yeah, she'll be in Austin soon. That Pup and Thrice albums are going to be out on the 27th of May, so we don't have to wait until June for those. That's always a plus. Okay, good. I wasn't sure. I can never remember. <laughs> and then Real Friends also has an album out on the 27th. And June has the Tegan and Sarah album coming out. And oh, July 1st, on what I believe is the 182nd day of the year, the new Blink album Except is that it's out. a leap year, so it's 183rd. They fucked up. Oh, leap year. She messed everything up. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, hh hey, good Charlotte's coming <laughs> yeah, out yeah, no, I can't. I'm, I have hope for the Blink-182 album. We'll see. I have hope. Uh, I like little, the song with little. the with Skiba. I'm, I, Skiba's a good addition, which I don't know if y'all saw. They were the surprise guest at Weenie Roast. Yeah, I did see that. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the same show that, um... The Red Hot Chili Peppers had to cancel on because yes. Anthony Kiedis got yes, hospitalized. Poor Anthony. Yeah, he had like an intestinal flu or something. Ooh, poor guy. Yeah, it does not sound good. I think he'll be okay, oh. but it was like, wow. Yeah, so long story sh- short, though, a ton of great albums coming out. I feel like this year has been so stacked already that I've been having so much trouble keeping up. I'm pretty sure I have a list here of like, at least 20 to 25 albums that have already come out that I still need to listen to because I am very oh, behind. Yeah. Me too. Same. I said, honestly, I've been so wrapped up in like all the nostalgia tours that are happening that I haven't been focusing on new music. <laughs> like, I we're going to I'm gonna see Blink 182 twice this summer. I'm gonna see Brand New and Modest Mouse. Um, we're I'm I'm gonna go see Mill and Colin next week. Uh, my what boyfriend and I are driving to Wrecking Ball to see Piebald and Hey Mercedes. Like I don't know what's happening this summer, but I'm very stoked on it. But I it's like I'm so wrapped up in like nostalgia this summer, which I'm kind of excited about. Um, that I I've totally almost ignored everything, which is not good. I've got to work on that. It's like me with real life. I've been job searching and just kind of putting everything on the back burner to focus on my professional life. And it's like, oh, well, this is what it's like to be an adult. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
This is what happens Money's when you cool, hit your mid twenties. <laughs> Life. <Yeah>. Good to know. <laughs> I have things to look forward to. It's it's coming uh, for you. It's coming for you. It is. Although I am also jobless at the moment, so I understand, Megan. I was applying to jobs earlier today. I'll be I'll be fun employed in like twelve days for summer. So very true. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll at least join you in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to our recommendations for the week, Megan. I know you have a few things, so why don't you start us off? Oh, it looks like it's a lot, but it's actually just one thing. Um, well, then. daily rate. Yeah, hey. Uh, Corinne <laughs> Bailey Ray just released her latest album called The Heart Speaks and Whispers. It's a little more funk pop oriented than some of her previous releases. And it's really good. I'm enjoying it. And it's a welcome change from what I have actually listened to a lot of this year, which has been ranging more in the pop punk rock realm. Having nice breath of air with pop is good. Really good. Um of note, Moses Sumney appears on one of the songs on her album, and I saw him open for Sufjan Stevens last year, and I was absolutely blown away by his performance. I can see him really just blowing up, if not this year, maybe sometime next year. Um, just, he's got great voice, I'm really happy, and I really like that they collaborated together. So you guys should definitely check out that album if you want something. I kind of forgot about her. Yeah. Like, I it's... forgot that she was a thing. Yeah, me too. I like her. And apparently this album deals a lot with uh, heartbreak, too. Um, there's some themes about the death of her first husband with it. Uh, oh, he wow. accidentally overdosed on, I think it was methadone and alcohol. Jesus. And she worked That's with terrifying. her new husband on this, so... Kind of That's dark. I'm sorry to yeah. bring up darkness, but... <laughs> That's that's my recommendation this week. Interesting. Well, my recommendations <laughs> are alcohol. Um, it's summertime in Texas already. It was 90 degrees last week, a couple days. And in the summertime, I go and I sit in the river and I drink beer. Um, so we, a lot of summer seasonal beers are coming out. So if you're lucky enough to have, uh, either of these beers in distribution in your area, you need to go buy them now. Number one is the Shiner Prickly Pear. Um, most people know about Shiner, but they do a seasonal every year. Their old seasonal was the Ruby Redbird, which is a grapefruit beer. And now they have a Prickly Pear, which is literally made with Prickly Pear cactus juice. Um, and it is awesome. I could drink easily like a whole six pack if I didn't have to drive somewhere. Um, they are so delicious. The other one is another fruit beer. It's the Abita Strawberry. Abita is based in Louisiana and, uh, the strawberry is their seasonal beer and it is also delicious and refreshing and so summery and I'm probably going to go have one of these beers like in five minutes when we're done <laughs> now i'm i'm craving them but nope they're definitely it's definitely summer beers i know a lot of the country is still um a little bit in winter mode um but maybe you could at least find one of these and pretend it's summer pretend you're with me in the river 
<laughs> well, now that you've put a time limit on my recommendations so you can get to your beer in five minutes. <laughs> five minutes. Come on. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, Modern Baseball's Holy Ghost is out now, and that's definitely my recommendation. As Megan and I both said, it's a really great album, and it's really short, too. It's, what, 11 songs, and it's under 30 minutes. So I think it's like 27. Yeah, so you really can't beat that. I listened through the whole thing and I was like, it's over already. And then I listened to it again. (laughs) (laughs) So it's definitely a quick listen. And they've definitely evolved a lot from, well, technically, I believe they still are Drexel students for some of them because they haven't exactly finished the music industry program that they were in when we all started there. (laughs) So... (laughs) I think since they formed the band, though, they've definitely grown a lot. And you can really see that with this album. So Jake wrote side A and Brendan Lukens wrote side B. But to me, without knowing that, I'm not sure I would have been able to tell because I felt like the album just fit so well together. So definitely go check that out. And my next recommendation is The Sun and the Moon and the Rolling Stones by Rich Cohen. It's a book I'm currently reading, and I will probably have it finished within the next 30 minutes after we record this podcast, (laughs) because I literally had like a chapter or two left when we started recording. I was like, well, I'll just finish it afterwards. And I will actually be reviewing this over on Hi-Fi Noise, so I can also link to that if I have that done by the time we post this Thursday for all of you. I just added it to my Amazon cart. I'm excited about that one. Yeah, it's definitely a good look into the formation of the Rolling Stones and how they got to basically where they are today, like 50 years later or something ridiculous like that. Yep, literally like 52 years now. Yeah, so it's, I believe it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's like a 400 page book, so it's a good size. But once you really dig into it, you can really blow through it. I've read like half of the book today alone. So it's a fairly quick read if you kind of just sit down, take the time with the book and don't get distracted like I did for the first few chapters. And I was like, all right, got to focus because I really want to read this book. And there are tons of crazy stories in it because what else would you expect from the Rolling Stones? Spoiler alert. There's a burning body at some point. That's all you need to know. That sounds about right. <laughs> I won't tell you who it is, though, because obviously that would be even more of a spoiler alert. That's okay. <laughs> I think I spoiled the OC last week for everyone, so... Yep, Caitlin and I are then just ruined. Me. Ruined, Megan. You saved Sorry. me a lot of time. <laughs> and that will conclude my recommendations, so... Thank you all for listening to Caitlin's very last episode. Hopefully, of course, she will be back for guest episodes. So maybe not very last. We won't put a... I'll say, I'll just just come talk about Astronautilus and Pup anytime you guys want. (laughs) Might need you to do that soon. (laughs) (laughs) Like next week. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. No problem. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, enjoy the rest of your day.